A very interesting day for a two and six football team to be buyers at the deadline. Pat the designer, Courtney Cronin, Chicago Bears podcast. We're breaking it all down here. Montez Sweat is a Chicago Bear. And Jalen Johnson, surprisingly, after what we heard last night, is still with the team. All that more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit the like button, subscribe to the page, five star review. Y'all know what to do. We're not, we, we ain't got time for that. Courtney, what the heck is going on? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a couple days ago when Poles is on the pregame show with jo- with Jeff Joniak, yeah. and he's like, I think it's probably, you know, it could be a little quieter at the trade deadline, you know, this time this year versus what it was last year where. You know, even before the trade deadline, Robert Quinn's out the door. The day yeah. of, Roquan Smith's out the door, and then Chase Claypool's in. They were really active, and certainly they weren't that this year. But it wasn't like there wasn't the conversations that were happening about whether Jalen Johnson is going to, you know, be traded somewhere else. If the Bears were going to receive a trade package for him that they would sign off on after late last night, granting his agent permission to go seek a trade. Um, the you know. For them to be buyers, let's start there. For them to be buyers at the deadline to get Chase Young, yeah. to, to be exploring the Chase Young idea, then, of course, to land on Montez Sweat sending their second-round pick, which right now is number 35 in the draft order, to Washington. You know, it, I think the first thing that this shows you is that Ryan Poles is not afraid to take another big swing, to go back to the well, yeah. uh, so to speak, on these big moves, these big reward moves that carry some big risks with them. I mean, it's not that Montez Sweat has the same sort of risks that, you know, the the Bears knew about with Chase Claypool, but this one's really got to work because yeah. you only get one time to to botch giving up such a high draft pick for a player that was off your team by week 6. Like they yeah. they can't obviously have that happen again uh with this trade, but Definitely not surprised that it was Washington because on Sunday, Adam Schefter had reported that the outcome of that game for Washington, now they're three and five, um, you know, after the Philly loss, that was going to dictate what they did. And they started siphoning off assets. They have, you know, two, they're a defense now that doesn't have two of its best pass rushers. So go figure how they're going to get through the rest of this year. They're heading towards tank mode, which I think is what you expect with a new ownership group coming in. But, you know, one of those assets now makes his way to Chicago to once again, add to a unit that has just been abysmal this year at rushing the passer. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of where we start, right? Let's talk about the effect that Montez Sweat can have on this team. Team as a whole mm-hmm. has what, 10 sacks on the season to yeah. this point, I believe. And Montez Sweat has six and a half, but he was on a line with Jonathan Allen, with Deron Payne, with Chase Young. Coming here, do we expect to see him being still that same level of pass rusher, still the, the fire starter that is there with the talent that we have here? So the way that it was phrased to me, because like you think about that, all of those names you just mentioned in Washington, yet for some reason this defense just couldn't seem to figure it out. Yep. Some of that's on Jack Del Rio and the things that they're calling and the scheme and all of that. But how it was phrased to me is that they have a lot of alphas on that defense up front, like four 20-point scores in basketball that can't figure out how to play with each other. And that's... They're the well, Bulls? <laughs> 
I told Sylvie that analogy and he said the exact same thing. He said, so you're saying that the Bulls. I'm like, yeah. Someone Zach Levine, maybe oh, DeMar DeRozan is um is Montez Sweat. I don't know. Oh, that, God. That's the analogy that like struck me. I was like, all right, well then is it it's addition by subtraction by getting these guys off of Washington and putting right. them somewhere else and going to a you know, going to a defense, Montez Sweat coming to Chicago where you have Yannick Ngakwe and Demarcus Walker ranking 45th and 56th, respectively, out of 56 qualifiers and pass rush win rate. Win rate. Like, that's not great. Um, they need help. They added those two during the offseason. It very clearly hasn't translated to much as far as, you know, what they're doing defensively. I still think that scheme factors into that a lot. But the players that you brought in, they haven't been very effective at getting after the quarterback. So this is the Bears' way, I think, of trying to add to that. But with that's going to need to come playing to the strengths of this player. Now, Montez Sweat can play in a m- number of different fronts. Um, and whether the, you know, this, you know, this is cer- certainly not just a move for now. Like I heard some people saying, oh, this means they got to win now. They're two and six. Are you kidding yeah. me? No. Like this is a move for a long-term benefit, which, you know, brings up the question about, okay, do we expect an extension to come down here for this player? Maybe even before he plays a down of football for the bears, that's a big one to monitor, but I, they look at the numbers, they look at the age, he'll be 28 next September. Um, And I think they, it's, this is a situation where you are making a trade to then retain the right to pay this player in the off season or even yeah. sooner than that. But that's, that's the logic here because this pass rush has been terrible. And Ryan Poles knows that 2024, you have a lot of needs on this roster. You have, you need a quarterback, whether it's on this roster currently or whether he's in the draft, you need interior offensive linemen and you need defensive linemen kind of like the Claypool situation. Like they're looking ahead towards free agency. They're looking ahead towards the draft and they're saying that this is a situation where we feel we can add now. And of course, they're going to have to add later, but they saw a player that they could do that with now because there was a team willing to to part with him, albeit for a high draft pick. Let me ask, and maybe this is the angle that I haven't heard many people take, but is this a situation where you have to figure out, one, whether your head coach, who is now your defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. is actually the right guy for this job moving forward? So the rest of the season, you got to see what he can scheme up now with Listen, he still doesn't have a three technique at the moment. He still doesn't have maybe that that premier nose tackle you're hoping for. But you got two guys on the field that have been able to get pressure before. Is this also a test of Matt Eberflus's skill as a leader of the defense? Absolutely. That's a great point that you bring up because I've seen people make the you know, make the point that, oh, this must mean it's a vote of confidence that for Flus staying around in 2024, no questions asked. Like this was the the move. That, no, just because they signed a defensive player that has nothing to do with whether Matt Eberflus is the head coach here if things yeah. don't improve and improve in a big way. And that's a whole different conversation because if you are drafting a quarterback, um, do you want a defensive head coach to be the one to guide that process? I'm not so sure that that's the right play, but right. this – this will be a chance for Eberflus and for Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, evaluating the entire football operation to see, is this a scheme? Is this a defense that you can win with? Right now, it doesn't look like that. And we have talked about this ad nauseum, about how the scheme does it. It's an outdated scheme. It's an yeah. outdated scheme to go get pressure with your down, your four-down lineman. Now, all of a sudden, if it starts working, like that, does that change the question of, like, do you need to make tweaks to this thing? No, you still do. 
And I don't, I'm not one of these people who believes that one player can change the outlook of an entire defensive line. Like we've seen that happen in certain places before where it's like kind of the snap judgment to man, you're one player away. Yeah. So often you're not like the wins above replacement value that, <laughs> you know, they use, that stat, they, they use that stat in baseball. Like, but that doesn't really like, it just doesn't, it doesn't jive with how like football teams are constructed and how rosters are constructed. Can he add? And like, you know, when they talk about guys playing off of each other, you know, you're rushing together and rushing chemistry and all that. If that all of a sudden looks a lot better the second half of the season, then great. Then you then you know that you got the right fit in there. But I don't necessarily think this is going to take them from, you know, a bottom, you know, bottom three pressure percentage in the NFL where they're at right now to all of a sudden being that much better up front. I think this is a gradual build and, and just realizing that, look, not getting it done with the dudes you have up there right now. Like, what's no. the harm in trying to get somebody else in here to add to what you have, and then hopefully that'll work. Where's the uh, where's the change that's going to come to this defensive line? Somebody's got to take a seat. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be Demarcus Walker? Who, I mean, listen, I, I, I thought he was going to be a lot more, and he just hasn't been. I think that that's probably the logical the logical replacement there, and that doesn't mean he won't play. I mean, he's a right. rota- yeah. he can be a great rotational guy. He can put him in on third down and you know other situational you know pass. He could play inside as well too, too, right? Didn't yeah. he have that ability as well? Yeah, he did, and that's something that we just had. We saw, I think, a tiny, tiny bit of it early in the season on yeah. a couple of pass rushing, a couple of third downs, but. Um, could that be where he ends up um, kind of mixing in and out along the defensive line? Yes. Uh, I do think that that's, you have to think about who's the odd man out and all of that. Yeah. Sure. But also at some point too, like, you know, if they're two and six right now, they're going to start wanting to get a bigger, a better look too at the young rookies that they have. And that's on the interior. So you might start seeing some personnel changes based on, the we need to evaluate what we have for the future idea here. And coaches will never tell you that that's what they're doing. <laughs> they won't because they're trying to save their job. Yeah, we just want to get a look at them. Yeah, we they're, just, want to get a they're look. just trying to, you know, they're trying to coach for co- for their jobs while front offices yeah. are oftentimes trying to, you know, do their jobs for the future. But all, right. all of that said, I think that there you, you will see a lot, a lot of players moving in and out uh, the next, you know, However many games left this season, we're you know two and they're two and six right now. We're at the halfway point, and getting sweat in here. Like, remember how much trouble this team had in like the first couple weeks of the season? They kept saying, "Oh, we just need more time. We need more continuity. We need to rush together." <laughs> well, you haven't been able to figure it out very well so far. Like, more time might not necessarily. It might be better players instead of more time that actually fixes. That's at least the idea here as to why you'd be willing to make a move that, you know, of this magnitude, that's this expensive to make. It is a big move. It is a very expensive move costing you that second round pick, especially now here's the, here's the the biggest question with this move though. Mm -hmm. Is this a move that Ryan Poles makes? If you can't get the contract done in my mind, there's no way he would trade for somebody if he couldn't get a contract done with them. But we traded for Chase, and we—I mean, we never really got to that point, but it did kind of not get the contract done with him. Now, more so on him than on Ryan Poles in that situation. But Ryan Poles has had a tough time getting contracts done here, at yeah. least at this point. No, and that's—it's—you don't make this move. It's not a short-term rental. They're two and six. Like, yeah. that's full stop right there. Like, I had somebody ask me earlier, why would they do this? Like, well, you know, it's not for now. 
that's not how the trade deadline works when you're a team that is two and six. You're yeah. making this move for the future. But going back to last year, I want to say within the first three days that Bradley Chubb was in Miami, he signed an extension after yeah. he was traded. So could it be a situation like that? Of course. Like that's something that feels very realistic when you think about why they made this move. But, you know, the circumstances between like why, you know, like that was the question that came up last year with Claypool. Claypool was having a really bad year in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like it was that like Pittsburgh had no qualms about moving on from him, not just for like the locker room stuff and the cultural fit and all of that. It was a lack of production. And so they the, couldn't believe they got a second round. Pick. Well, of course, first round pick. Yeah. <laughs> first, uh, no, it was a second round pick that turned into what? Don't don't make me feel worse about it. But why would like, the Bears would have been dumb to do that? I mean, yeah. right now, of course, but they would have been dumb to do that last year. Montez Sweat has six and a half sacks through the first you know, eight weeks of the season. Like 100%. he's produced and he has 33 and a half career sacks. He's 27 years old. Pass rushers start hitting their prime right about where he's entering in this next phase of his career. So why wouldn't you um, think about that for like the long term? And you don't make this, there's just, there's no, there's no rationale. There's literally zero rationale to making this move thinking, okay, well let's just get to the off season and see like the options are there. No one's right. saying that they're not, they can tag this player, but to do business like that, to that, like you know, you're gonna irritate the player because the the franchise tag is like twenty point five million right now for expected for pass rush yeah. defensive ends next year, and then the transition tag is like fifteen something, um, you know, and you they traded they traded for the right to pay him right. one way or the other. That's why you make this move. It's not like he can just like walk in the off season because they would never let that happen. That's literally a fireable offense. That's yeah. if, if you were to do that, like just let him walk in free agency after sending a second round pick for, you know, the remaining nine games of season. That's absurd. That's not even up. That's just not up for debate. They're going to have to pay him. It just ma matter now of when, like, is it this week? Is it this season? Um, I don't think it's, I mean, but that also, Look, guys know it's a business, Pat, but how is that going to sit in the locker room if a player who is not taking a single snap with this team gets paid before anybody else? Like, I'm just yeah. saying that that is a realistic thing that guys think about, especially oh, yeah. Jalen Johnson, who is, you know, a culture fit here through and through and somebody you, you should want to build around hasn't been paid if they go ahead and reward somebody who has not yet played a down of football or very few downs of football by the time they pay him, then, then that's something I'm just telling you, like, I know people are gonna be like, well, it's soft business is business, but like, this is also, if there's anything we know about football. Yeah. Football is a, is a very, a lot of egos and a lot of emotions with people and they're in their, you know, their livelihoods here uh, about who's getting paid and who's not. No. Yeah. And that's to me, right. The hardest part of the GM's job is balancing that. And he did get, I don't know if the, if the points just stack up. Right. But like he did get a lot of that love when he was willing to pay Cole Komet, somebody yeah. who showed out in his time here last season, he got a contract off of that. He could do a little bit more for me this year, but Hey, I mean, like he's, he's been a pro productive player uh, based on what we've seen offensively on the field. Uh, kind of that same conversation going into Jalen Johnson is, you know, Jalen Johnson has been that productive player, but to me, he's also right. He's always talked about as a leader. So how do you, you, you mentioned it before, right? Like when comparing it, when they traded Roquan, Roquan, it gutted this team. Yeah. Like it wasn't okay. like, oh, he's just gone. Put somebody else in there. Like they were like, yo, like, and you saw Jaquan Brisker last night on Twitter when uh, 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 Jalen Johnson's team requested this trade. He was like, 
oh, this is, oh, come on, dog. Like, this is yeah. not what we want to see. And that's, that's why I felt like they were never actually going to trade him. This, to me, was the Bears saying, all right, go out there. Like, not saying it directly to Jalen, but to Jalen's yeah. agent. Go out there and see what you think you can actually get. Yeah. Bring it to us, and then we'll be the, they will tell you, like, they're the determining factor because they have to sign off on whatever trade it is. And apparently their asking price was too high. Otherwise, something <laughs> – usually if a player, A, plays things out, contract negotiations out in the media – and B gets granted permission to go seek a trade. Usually they're as good as gone. Yeah. This to me is a situation where the bears were like, all right, Jalen and your representation, go see what you think you can get. Yeah. Go see what, like how close your number is to what other teams are actually willing to pay. Um, there are going to be people who say, man, they barely gave him any time. This thing came through around midnight central time. He had like 15, 16 hours to try to, to try to orchestrate a trade. Um, I, I maintain that I believe they were not going to pay him until uh, I, I don't think that if they would they would have paid him by now they would yeah. have paid him by now and I no, just, I'm with you and there's the two pick game against the Raiders correct me if I'm wrong here I was asking Sylvie about this earlier when we were talking and does it not feel and maybe this is just a fan thing and because Jalen did the money hands but like yeah. does it not feel like people are like oh man he had a great game time to pay him like yes the trigger 100%. point the trigger point is the trade deadline because you'd think okay well you know are you this guy's on an expiring contract or you know he's I'll use not use an NBA term this guy is on a deal and in the end of his rookie deal he's going to yeah. hit free agency next year um do you try to get in you know at the point of the trade deadline to either move him and get draft capital back or like pay him at that point but it was never about like, wow, we had one really good game against the Raiders against two backup quarterbacks. That's going to get him paid. Like that logic that I know was out there, not from like anybody in the building, but just it felt like among this fan base, people saw that as, oh, like, no, that wasn't going to change Ryan Poles' mind. You right. know what I mean? Like that, they have their number. They're dead set on staying at that number. They've shown you that they're willing to play hardball uh, with a lot of guys. They, let, they did it with Roquan Smith. They let him... You know, they, they moved on from him and got a second round pick in the process. They certainly, um, you know, with Mooney, like they weren't even going to entertain that idea of paying him until they saw him come back healthy. Like they paid who they wanted to pay. That yeah. was Cole Komet. And beyond that, I never thought that this was going to be a situation where all of a sudden like, oh, mid midseason minds were changed. No, yeah. not, not at all. So now the question becomes, and I'd be very curious to talk to Jalen about this this week how do you come back into work feeling like, you know, I don't know if my value aligns with what the team thinks my value is. And yeah. do I even want to try to negotiate with this team in the, you know, he'll, he's a pros pro. There's no den denying that, but I and like saying like, he's, you know, he's going to come in here and he's going to do play the best he can the rest of the way. But I don't think he's necessarily going to be chomping at the bit to get back to the negotiating table with the bears in the off season. And if I'm him, why would you go test free agency, go test, you know, what you think you can get when there isn't, the caveat of having to like when the draft picks out of it, like a team trying to like bring you in, but also having to give up draft capital to do so. Um, if, if a team can do get, can bring you into the fold without having to give up draft capital, then maybe that gets you closer to the number that you want to be at. Yeah. I mean, listen, like it, and by the way, we do want to let you guys know today's episode brought to you by the hard rock scene on Northern Indiana. You can see comedy legend Jay Leno at hard rock live Saturday, November 11th tickets on sale now at ticketmaster.com with the Jalen Johnson situation right now. The part that I found very interesting was one, 
that uh, we heard from both Greg Gabriel, who said he was talking to people within the league, and Josina Anderson, mm -hmm. that Jalen Johnson's asking price was out of hand. Greg Gabriel said it was out of line for what he was asking for. And we had heard uh, uh, from uh, Waddle as well that the Bears were talking about $20 million. I don't know if you had heard that as well, $20 million for Jalen Johnson. Is there any you know, truth that, that the Bears did make a contract offer and Jalen thought that, of course, right, that number is still too low and it was anywhere near $20 million. I have not heard $20 million. What I've okay. asked around the league with my sources, just on other teams, to kind of, you know, test the waters of what they think he's worth, because I did this during the Roquan Smith thing and the number was way off. Right. Um, I've heard anywhere from like 17 to 18 a year. So anywhere in that like three years, about 15 million. Howard. Oh, yeah, Howard. yeah. yeah. Like, is that three-year, $50, $51 million range? That's probably right. fair for someone like Jalen Johnson. Like it or not, teams pay for picks. He doesn't have those numbers, but he has the coverage numbers that make him one of the better cover corners in the NFL. And, 100%. you know, you'd think, at least at the deadline, that there's got to be some contending teams out there, whether it's San Francisco. I think Buffalo's still dealing with a lot of injuries on defense. The Philadelphia Eagles have been trying to add still. Yeah. Um, they were trying to trade for uh, Chase Young today, and that didn't come together for them from a source I talked to out there. You like, got enough. You got enough, right? Like that's, yeah, the, that's the, how the, I feel the, with the Eagles when that. I heard that. Well, that's why I feel with the 49ers too, with them adding Chase Young. It's like, my God, like a defensive line now that has Nick Bosa and Chase Young reunited from their yeah. Ohio State days, and they have Javon Hargrave, and they have like I mean, it's like enough. the rich yeah, getting I mean. richer. But but when it comes to Jalen, I I his number very clearly is off of where the bears are. But I also think it was that asking price of, all right, go figure out what a trade would look like. Come back to us with the parameters. We'll sign off. Yes or no. If, if the draft pick was what we were hearing anywhere from like a very, like, you know, I had heard a first and like, you know, the high draft capital. So like anywhere yeah. from like a first to a second, um, otherwise they weren't even going to do the deal because they also just gave up a second round pick today. So it makes sense to try to replenish that. But I, I don't, I don't think that was ever realistic. To me, this was kind of them calling, you know, the Bears Jaylen's calling bluff yeah. in a, in a lot of ways. Well, Josina also tweeted out. She said extra tidbits on Bears cornerback uh, Jalen Johnson uh, trade to send a corner. Of course, did not get done today, and she has been told that Jalen does not plan on engaging in contract extension talks. For the rest of the season. Not surprised about that. In the uh, and that uh, offers that were made for Johnson, but some teams evidently felt the cost was too high. So here's the question now, based off of that. Jalen Johnson hits free agency. You've now let a 24-year-old DB that you've added a pass rush to, right? So his numbers probably are going to get better mm -hmm. as the season goes on. If they can get to the quarterback, you're going to let that walk out of the door. We know all the other numbers minus the takeaways. Is this a blemish on Ryan Poles if he walks out of the door for nothing? Depends how, what he looks like elsewhere, but you got to think they've been preparing for this with the way that they've drafted, like 100%. not for right now. Like to me also for right now, I mean, Terrell Smith has not been cleared to come back to play. He still, has yeah, mono. He's still got mono. Um, he's still, we're still dealing with mono in the locker room. So, Like, you know, the, the question here is like, are they ready to go Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon, Terrell Smith in their secondary? Cause if they are, then, then you're okay letting him walk away in free agency and going to sign somewhere else because you know these are not that's not a player that Ryan Poles drafted. Now I'm not excusing that. I don't I don't I don't like the logic. Like I remember hearing this thing 
you know, as I was coming back from LA last night, like hearing this thing come off and you realize there's a lot of layers to it. Of course, there's the business element. Like if the number is absurd, you can't just like go ahead and like, I hate when people are like, oh, they have all this cap space. Well, they also have a shit ton of needs, Pat. Like next year, there's so many needs. (laughs) You're not going to go find another Jalen Johnson to replace Jalen Johnson. But like you, you, you also think like they they probably need a quarterback next year. They probably need two more like interior offensive linemen. They probably need another pass rusher in addition to what they just got. Like, and you know, you, you, you factoring in this and in, in all of this in your cap planning, it's not just, oh, well, that they have like, you know, the most cap space in the NFL next year. They get also cap space and cash spending are very different. And we know that yeah. this team with their cash spending, I'm going to say it again, like those are the what dictate the decisions here where they're not just going to be like, oh, all this cap space, we're just going to spend like crazy. They have restrictions on what they're on what they allow people to do in those front office roles, why they don't overpay at premium positions, even though we know from Ryan Poles, he said wide receiver, pass rusher, cornerback, those are the positions that you want to pay. I think in their mind, they feel, okay, the number we maybe they maybe they were never going to come to an agreement on the side right. like the sides because of like what they knew in the offseason before he even got representation. Um, but this is a situation now where if they end up turning a new leaf to, or turning over a new leaf next year, and it's a into secondary that I just laid out, will it surprise anybody? No, because they will have been they've been planning for that for a while. Yeah, it's and you can't just like spend like where you think okay, a twenty four year old corner who has been you know a vital part of this team through a lot 100%. of really tough years, but like then there's another odd man out situation because they drafted like they wouldn't have drafted Terrell Smith. If they were completely sold on Jalen Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, and that's nothing against Jalen's skill set and how he fits in any defense. It's just that that's a cost effective move in their mind. Why they made that decision to, to, to get to new corners in the draft this year, because that was the easy way to create a succession plan. Is there a situation where they can get something done at all with this? Because if if play does improve defensively, or is this situation in your mind kind of Jalen Johnson will be elsewhere next year? I don't. I mean, certainly agree with the sentiment that their talks are done the rest of the way. And I, I'd be curious to see how Jalen wants to handle that, just in terms of discussing what had happened at right. the deadline. Getting you know, you're not going to probably get much clarity on like how far the two sides are off, but. It's it's frustrating, I'm sure, for him because it's like this was his chance to, you know, to get paid. And he's yeah. still he's still going to get paid. I would venture to guess it's gonna be elsewhere though. Like just yeah. the way that this has played out, because there's also like the good faith negotiations too. Like fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, whatever. Like it's the, the, he's gotta do I don't the Bears aren't going to change their number. So or whatever Jake will say. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> him going back to the negotiating table on this seems yeah. like that would be a very fraught decision because he knows what they're going to say. So why not go test? Like He has to go test his market in free agency. Like Otherwise, you're not doing right by yourself as a player because if you were dead set and like, oh, my God, I don't want to leave Chicago. Like, I, I, you know, I don't want to go anywhere else. First off, that'd be a very short-sighted way to conduct business when you only have a finite amount of time to play football at a very high level. So, um, like, this is – for him, He's players play for free agency. You play to be able to test the market and test your value. So that, to me, seems like that's a no-brainer that he's going to end up doing that. As a whole, how do you feel about the Bears' trade deadline? Do you feel that Chicago Bears made the right decisions at the deadline, or did this feel a little uh... – 
a little short-sighted giving up a second and uh, holding on to a DB that doesn't want to be here. It's expensive. It's really expensive to go in like, you know, a year after trading a second round pick and then, you know, watching that second round pick become a first round pick. He hates second round picks, doesn't he? It's just, you know, it's independent of last year's trade, but that's always going to be linked to it because of how badly that one blew up in the Bears' face. But like, you know... His value to Chicago is effectively worthless this season. I'm just going to yeah. be honest. Like they're two and six. They're not going to win this year, but the Bears paid for that anyways. And now they know that he's like, it's not like he has the extra year in his contract. That would be one thing that I think people would probably change their tune on this, yeah. on this trade. It had that come into play, but you know, they, they need to get something done. And I think that that's when we can really judge how this trade goes down, how quickly they're willing to get something done and what that looks like. Does a trade like, I mean, like, does this signal that Ryan Poles feels that the Bears are closer than maybe all of us think they are? Because a trade like this, to me, signals like, yeah, we're going to get this right heading into next year. Like, we're going to be good to go because you don't trade a second-round pick for Montez Sweat if – you don't think you're going to at least be competing in the division by next season, in my I, mind. I think this is Ryan Poles feeling the pressure to also preserve his own job. Like, look, we all know mm. what the conversation is out there right now about Matt Eberflus, and it's really, of course, it's the production of like his defense. You brought a defensive head coach in, and it's one of the worst defenses in the NFL this year outside of the run game. Um, like, independent of that, and like what that signals for next year, like if they have a court, new quarterback here, do they want the same coaching staff? Um, these, this coaching staff has not been able to develop the quarterback that they currently have. Um, you know, Ryan Poles isn't necessarily like, oh, I'm skating into next year scot-free. I'm going to have my job regardless. Like you have a president in here who's watching all of this. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that anybody is safe by any stretch for next year. So this is a move that, you know, you have to be aggressive if you're Ryan Poles to not only make the team better and like adding to your roster at a position of absolute need for for the long term, but also, you know, but also for himself. And I'm not saying yeah. that he made this this move to save his job, but like this could play into, you know, an aggressive move that if it pays off and it looks good on the general manager for making it. It's going to be an interesting uh, rest of the season now to see kind of what kind of production we end up getting outside of the Chicago Bears today, though. What's the weirdest deal you saw today that made you go, I don't know, what the heck are they doing? I will say, let's just talk about Chase Young for a second, because there's, you know, the idea that the Bears were in on it, but like concerned about his medical. So, like, that is true yeah. from my understanding. But, like, I also in talking to another source in the NFC, like heard that that's a little overblown just about like the medical concerns. And very clearly the San Francisco 49ers are a team that, yeah, they're feeling the heat right now. Like they've lost three games in a row. Um, they've, they had pressure getting to the quarterback last week against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And then of course, against Joe Burrow um, didn't seem to bother him whatsoever. Uh, yeah. with their pass rush, but like maybe that's because people are gonna be like, well, why would they, you know, the third round pick versus the second round pick. Did the Bears get fleeced again, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think that the health is certainly a factor in there too. Um, because, you know, yes, I know Chase Young is younger than Montez Sweat, but um, I, I think that you, that's kind of just, it was never going to be like the, you know, I don't think they could have gotten Montez Sweat for a third. I'll say that. Yeah. No, I, that that is, the Chase Young deal to me was interesting just because even getting Chase Young for a third, it's like, 
okay, now, right, like you've got this high power, but San Francisco's continuous willingness to just gamble, like mm-hmm. we're not worried about his injuries. Bring him in. We know what he can do. Like, there's something about that that they're I like, con- but there's also... contender, though. Like, they, yeah. you know... <laughs> there's and, something and about it that it. I like, but there's also something about it that I'm like, this has bit you in the butt a couple of times now. <laughs> like, no, I mean, it really... It, it, they have definitely gone all in on that position, too. I mean, dating back to free agency, when the defensive tackle market was as high as it was, they said, okay, so, and Devon yeah. Hargrave, come on down. And then... They pay Nick Bosa, and now they are, you know, they've got Chase Young in there. They're, I would assume he's not, I mean, it could be a different situation. He could, he could be more of a short-term rental than yeah. a Montez Sweat, uh, just because if, if this somehow, like, catapults the 49ers into the NFC Championship again, then great. But they're in a much different situation than the Bears are. I just think it's going to be really interesting when this, you know, Washington team has to go into New England this week without two of its best pass rushers. Like, how do you, how do you keep a team like motivated to do those sorts of things? Um, uh, I, I don't think you do. I think I think uh, without this is, your best defensive player, I mean, maybe it makes them better. I don't know. Maybe it's addition me, by subtraction. To me, this was the beginning of uh, Hey Chico. Uh, make sure you start packing your office. We're gonna have somebody else in there uh, heading into next season. Like. I think they're going to blow this thing down to the studs. So we'll see kind of what that all ends up being. Courtney, appreciate you coming through for another episode of Chicago Bears podcast. We're breaking it all down here. I mean, I'm excited to see what Montez Sweat is going to be, but I'm also completely terrified at messing up another second round pick. Welcome to being a Bears fan. As always, it's your boy Pat the Designer back at it again. Drop a bird, Don. Montez Sweat is here. Uh, but before we get about here, he's not playing this Sunday, right? He's probably playing next week. I would imagine. Uh, I mean, it, it did happen early in the week, but like last year, Chase Claypool didn't play in that first game. So um, I don't think I he played we'll in the see. second game either, though. Chase Claypool is a weird situation. That oh, was, but I mean, it'll, it'll be he has to pass a physical. But the team's already announced that, like, you know, the trade's pending pass passing the physical. So I mean, yeah. we'll we'll see how quickly he can get up to speed. Ugh. Y'all stay safe out of Chicago. Peace.